0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We can get started and I'm sure other people will be joining. Can you hear me? Am I audible? Good. Okay. Great. So, um, as you can see, my name is Shelly and I'm uh, I'm joining from Santa Barbara, California. Just Quite a ways south of uh, IMC, but I'm always really pleased to join Happy Hour and to uh, to be with uh, the Happy Hour Sangha. It does feel like its own kind of Sangha here in the IMC world. And uh, tonight, I'm going to talk about uh, and lead us in a meditation that that uh, the theme is listening, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, in a while, but first I want to read a poem that's um, about listening, and it's really, it's about the kind of scientific, uh, literally, it's about the scientific instruments that are both on Earth and out in space, all the uh, various kind of telescopes and receiving devices and uh, rovers that go to different uh, planets and all that, that are listening for signs of life in the rest of the universe. But I think the poem really, it speaks to our life uh, here on earth among uh, all those who we can't hear or who we don't listen to, maybe. And uh, And so, you know, if we really could hear each other clearly, if we really listened to each other, what would we say? You know, what would we do? So here's the poem. It's titled Listening in Deep Space, and it's by a a poet named uh, Diane Thiel. Listening in Deep Space. We've always been out looking for answers, telling stories about ourselves, searching for connection, choosing to send out Stravinsky and whale song, which in translation might very well be our undoing instead of a welcome. We launch satellites, probes, telescopes unfolding like origami, navigating geomagnetic storms, major disruptions, rovers with spirit and perseverance mapping the unknown. We listen through large arrays adjusted eagerly to hear the news that we are not alone. Considering the history at home, in houses, across continents, oceans, even in quests armed with good intentions, what one seeker has done to another, what will we do when we find each other? What will we do when we find each other? What do we do when we find each other in this world, you know, right here on Earth? What do we want to do? when we meet others from across continents, across oceans, across galaxies, uh, or maybe, you know, just across the street or across the room, across any kind of divide. What do we really want to do? So I've been thinking about this uh, in terms of listening. What does it mean to listen deeply? Listening to uh, what's arising uh, within us listening to what's uh, arising uh, in others, if we can, listening to others, not just to their words, but to their state, to their energy, listening to our environment, listening to the world. You know what, And what I mean by listening um, is not just paying attention to what's coming in through our ears, of course. I'm thinking of something more broad, something more metaphorical, taking in the whole of what is going on in, both within and without us you know receiving it in a kind open space listening with our bodies listening with our minds listening with our hearts <clears throat> and i think of this kind of listening as a service that we that we offer both to ourselves and to others for listening to them for willing to be open to the the full spectrum of what's going on in our own hearts and uh, to listen to the, the joys and the pains of, of others, um, uh, there's metta inherent in that. There's compassion, there's care. When we listen to others in that same same open, welcoming way as we listen to ourselves, I think compassion is just really natural to us. So I'd like us to practice uh, seeing if we can keep our kind of uh, our inner ears, our antennae. Maybe you could think of them as antennae. Active, kindly holding um, all that visits our minds and hearts, and as we meditate, and then moving, moving out to to others, other beings as well. So, if you'd like to take your <coughs> comfortable, upright meditation posture, that balance that uh, is so often encouraged between uh, alertness and ease, relaxation and awakeness. you do stay awake during the
1: during the meditation
0: unless you know unless something else happens and just spend a little bit of time feeling into uh, how you are right now in your body and heart and mind seeing if there are any areas of tension that can soften can ease up Just finding, really finding as much ease as possible in your in your body's current state, and, and just really becoming present to what it feels like right now. Just to be sitting wherever you are, whatever posture you're in. What does it feel like? Really opening yourself to to how it feels. And without uh, losing connection with the rest of your body and the rest of your experience, include the breath in your awareness if you haven't already. Just let the sensations of of breathing come to you. Be open to receive them, to listen to them in a in a way. Listening to the sensations, not necessarily to the sounds, but you might. Hear the sounds of your breathing as well. Without reaching out, just receiving. Breathing in, breathing out. And that be heart, part of the whole spectrum of what's going on within you. Being at ease as much as possible. With that. letting the breath maybe invite more ease into your into your experience into your body into your mind and <clears throat> spending a little time like that. if you're feeling uh, relatively settled I just invite you to open your awareness to receive whatever else is arising within you let there be a posture of receptive uh, listening to the breathing receptive awareness of of your state welcoming the whole of what's going on in you whether it's sensations or other sensations in the body, emotions, thoughts, all that's arising in your experience can be uh, welcomed, listened to in an easeful, open way. Just uh, allowing yourself to be receptive to everything that's arising with kindness, with openness just as if you were lying on a beach maybe a, with a very pleasant temperature listening to all the sounds that are arising the, the birds, seabirds calling maybe the sound of the waves gently Gently breaking, washing on the beach. All that's going on outside as well as with your breathing and your, your rest of your body and your, your heart and mind. Leaning to the environment around you. Just being open to all of it in a relaxed and and a welcoming way. Allowing your awareness to be wide. suggest uh, some phrases I welcome my breath I welcome bodily sensations I welcome emotions and thoughts I am open to my life in this moment. I welcome my life in this moment. my life be held kindly in awareness I'm open to my life in this moment I welcome it my life now, I invite you to, to bring to mind someone you care for. A friend, uh, or a benefactor, or a family member, an animal friend, some being that you care for. Imagine that, that one in a comfortable place, maybe somewhere indoors, maybe under a tree in some grassy spot maybe on that same beach just taking in what's going on in their lives in their experience and let your awareness hold that hold that that dear one holding their experience let what you know about this this loved one the things they like to do the things that make them happy the things that are difficult for them in their lives all the things that you know about this loved one. let them be held in your awareness, listened to in a in a kind of holistic way. I will listen to your life with my heart. I will hold your pain and joy with kindness may my, may my heart always be open to your life And you, you may want to offer wishes for this, uh, this dear one to hold themselves in the same way as you are holding them. Just offering them wishes like these. May you hold your breath and body with kindness. May you open with kindness to your life in each moment. May both your joys and your sorrows find a resting place in your heart. whole life be held kindly in awareness your whole life And we can offer the same open heart to all beings, those who are feeling joy, those who are in distress, everyone, all beings. I hold space for what is in your heart. I will hold your joys and your sadness with kindness May my heart be open to your life May your life be held with respect and care I will hold your joys and sadness with kindness May my heart be open to your life May your life be held with respect and care And now, I I invite you, uh, if it feels right to you, to to open to those in the world who you know are suffering in some way right now. In many places in the world, there's pain, there's fire and floods, many kinds of suffering. Some is personal, some is in communities, and some is in big regions. can our listening hold their pain in warmth you know, a warmth that gives them a safe place to rest like uh, Kuan Yin can we listen to the cries of the world sitting still with steady hearts I hear the pain in your heart. I will hold your suffering with kindness. May my heart be open to your life May your life be held with respect and care And if this feels too tender, just you know, return to all beings, those who are enjoying good conditions as well as those who aren't, or to your dear one or to yourself, holding what arises with kindness, with care. Hold your heart with kindness. May my heart be open to your life. May all beings be held with kindness May all beings feel safe in their lives May all beings have health and strength as much as conditions allow May all beings, without exception, be held with respect and care. And may all beings, one day, be free. Tragic events going on in uh, in the world, many. I've been thinking uh, of the fires on Maui that uh, completely destroyed, almost completely destroyed, the town of Lyon, a place I've been many times. I have a lot of fond memories of, and the, the fires in the Pacific Northwest, and in British Columbia, and Washington, and Oregon, and flooding, and last week in in Baja California and in the deserts of uh, of upper California the ongoing war in Ukraine the climate crisis uh, it can feel really overwhelming even if we don't have the time and resources and skills that are needed to help in a material way we can listen beneath the words and the stories that we've heard about these events and be willing to listen to the pain, to hold it. It's like Kuan Yin. We can listen to the cries of the world. And when we do that, I trust that uh, that, that, that whatever actions that we do take will carry the goodness, the goodness of compassion with them, instead of acting out of, uh, anger or fear or, uh, uh sort of, uh, an overwhelming feeling of hopelessness or, uh, despair or some of the feelings that arise when we see so much suffering, if we can really hold, uh, people's hearts within our heart, I think, uh, and really hear them, then, uh, what what comes from that can can come from a place that is a beautiful, a place of compassion. So I'd like us to um, have some breakout groups now, and uh, um, I'm going to offer a couple of questions. Um, but first, I'll just I'll very briefly go over some of the guidelines for our breakout groups, just in case you're. You're new to, uh, to Happy Hour. And they're part of the practice, the groups. Um, they're not something separate. And so it's good to stay on topic. I will give you a topic. And, uh, um, and each person speaks uh, individually. There's not cross-talk um, argument or advice or uh, you know, a general kind of conversation. And it's good to make sure that uh, everyone has a chance to speak in the group. So you take turns and, and someone, or maybe all of you, pay attention to uh, make sure that there's enough time for everyone to share. And, uh, and everything that we say in these groups is held in confidence so that people can feel safe to share whatever is on in their hearts and they'll uh, know it's not going to go beyond the confines of the, of the room, the Zoom room. So the questions that—that's two questions that I that I have for you. They're kind of reverses of each other. <clears throat> what uh, What is it that blocks you from listening to the cries of the world? And on the other hand, what is it that makes it easier to listen to the cries of the world? You know, So what is it that blocks you from? From really having compassion, and what is it that makes it easier for compassion to arise within you? Uh, be a little more literal about it. So let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you. Let's see. I think I'm gonna give you 12 minutes. Quite. Quite a. Um, how many people are there? 29. I'm gonna make seven. Room. So there'll be four, maybe five in some rooms. Oops, no, there's tw- less than 28 now. So four, probably three or four in each room. And um, and I'm going to give you <laughs> not 212 minutes. That would be a little bit too too many. <laughs> Twelve minutes, and that's a uh, total, including the sixty-minute. I mean, sixty seconds you get at the end. So, you know, what is it that blocks your ability to feel compassion, and what is it that makes it easier? Those are the questions, and I'd love to hear uh, any comments or questions you have. <clears throat> we have a few minutes. <clears throat> I hope I uh, hope that exercise the was good for you you were able to yeah. see some things, yeah, Ali Hi, thanks Hi. thanks Shelley for, for the great uh, you know,
1: subject of compassion and bringing it in here and, you know, your teachings, I mean it starts both of the, what com- makes it easy and what makes it hard for me to extend compassion it starts with myself and then I, I realized basically that I have like so much it's happening unconsciously you know, Uh Without my control inside, but then when the conditions hap- happen to be right, then I'm compassionate to the outside, to myself, and then uh, same same to the outside. And when the conditions are, you know, not <laughs> uh, unconscious conditions that unravel inside, it makes me not be uh, makes me grumpy or, or whatever it is that I am. Then I'm not able to extend it outside to the other people. So it starts and stops with. Uh,
0: can you identify uh, what what's a good condition for the arising of compassion in you?
1: What is a good? Uh, it is. I was thinking more on the unconscious stuff in there. Sometimes it just comes in um. out of nowhere. You know. I mean. I don't know. I mean. I feel like so good to the get uh, out of the way of the sparrow that happens to be there, and just like give him a lot of distance. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even to that degree. <laughs> uh and then when perhaps for some conditions i haven't slept well i'm a little grumpy i'm not that uh-huh. uh, nice neighbor when i see um uh, so i don't know how much of that is actually in my control but I'm glad i found this at least we're talking about this subject uh-huh. or i think we are talking about the subject i don't know i'm ready to hear it i'm glad uh, i oh think God, so yeah uh-huh. that <laughs> i ended up in this circle here uh-huh. great uh-huh. so. so anyway
0: that's, yeah. that's what came okay uh, uh-huh. Thanks, Ali. Yeah, I think yeah. We I think it's really useful to look at where our obstacles are and where things are easy for us. You know, it helps us to kind of see where we need to do work. So, it's it's good to just try to develop some you know awareness of what what is it that stops me and what is it that helps me. You know? yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Is there someone else? You can raise your Zoom hand and. I'm more likely to see it. Yeah, Jennifer. Oh, this was a beautiful um, meditation, and I really thank you for it. I just think what helps me is doing meta practice as part
2: of my meditation, and it's even better doing it with you and the sangha. Mm -hmm. It feels like um, some of the things you said,
0: I think... I like to believe that in my mind, that when we do it all together, it has a little more strength, and that we connect. So I'm really grateful that we did this, and I was able to um, store some of this in my heart, hopefully. So uh-huh. I'm very really grateful. Thank you. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think that one of the conditions for the arising of compassion is to have you know, good spiritual friends to, to practice with. And to, ha- and to have that habit of doing metta practice, for sure, yeah, that's, yeah, creating the conditions. Thank you, Jennifer. Amy. <laughs> you having trouble unmuting?
2: There you I go. got this <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! um, so what was lovely in our group was that we all kind of started out you know, talking about the things that make us struggle with it, things that allow that trigger lower anxiety or less skillful action, and then by the end, us talking together, there was just such like Buddha nature in the room, and like <laughs> it's not like necessarily we like solved it, right? But just the interaction in that space, just elicited this ability to like, yeah, the Buddha nature inside, and uh-huh. the ability to be able to like titrate into that ability to give the compassion, I was uh-huh. saying it like sprinkling it when we have the ability.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And then I was saying for myself, you know, sprinkling it on myself when I don't when,
0: when you don't have it. hmm. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, I think you know with the way we mirror each other. Um, you know, it really it really helps to to create that uh, the field of uh, of goodwill, of metta, of compassion. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so you know, the, it's, there are so many places in the sutras where the Buddha said the most important thing. The most important thing. He said a lot of things were the most important thing, but there are many places where he said the most important thing is spiritual friendship. You know, and that's. It has that it has that quality of creating a, a field that you know, you can call it Buddha nature. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh-huh. Thank you very much, Amy. We're just about uh, out of time, but Serena is there do you have something quick?
2: I have something quick or I can just wait until you basically I realized that um Um, First of all, that when I'm in a a good place to feel uh, the suffering of other people, that I need to focus on uh, my suffering and and having some compassion for my own suffering. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is that, you know, I just realized that I was feeling so sorry for myself in, you know, uh, past 10 minutes. uh, and uh i realized yes there is something that really makes me uh uh more capable of uh offering compassion to other people and that is practice and gratitude for whatever things i have in my life uh-huh. That if i practice gratitude then it's easier for me to have compassion for other people uh-huh. unlike tonight unlike tonight when i really was feeling really awful about my own life oh. and and it was harder for me to feel compassion toward others
0: uh-huh yeah thank you that's a really good point i think about about gratitude and uh, and yeah also i think it's uh yeah feeling compassion for ourselves i think is really kind of a it's a requirement uh in order to for the compassion to spread to others it's often the case so yeah thank you thank you all and uh was a delight to be with you, and I hope the practice was beneficial for you. And may all beings benefit from our practice. See you next time. Bye. Thank bye Thank you, Shelley. Thanks, you guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Thank, thank you. Thank you all.
0: Bye bye. Okay.